Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. Metro exists to exalt God and equip people. Here at Metro, we long to become a community that celebrates the presence of God, communicates the Word of God, demonstrates the love of God, and educates the people of God. Everything we do revolves around this core mission and vision. We are so glad you are here today to listen to this week's podcast. It is our prayer that this message encourages you and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message. Greetings to all of you in the sweet and matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a joy, what a privilege for us to be in the house of God this morning, church. Even as we continue to worship Him in spirit and in truth, and I will just take this time to welcome all of you to the house of God, or take this time to welcome each one of you. And if you're joining us, for the very first time, it is our prayer that the Holy Spirit will continue to bless you, even as he is continuing to bless us and he's with his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have been in the series in the book of Colossians. And uh, allow me this morning to share with you from the time that uh, we decided on the, on the book of Colossians. And I have reread these passages, uh, the four chapters numerous times I've heard it I'm driving I'm hearing it many times and uh, could not shake off this one person this one personality in that book and this morning I'm trusting in the Holy Spirit to speak about this one person uh, let me tell you church at the very outset the big theme the big idea is this this man about whom we find in the scripture he's not an exception but he's an example for us so this morning, um, I want to challenge each one of us with the challenge of Epaphras. Epaphras. Epaphras, the man who is a gospel presenter. Epaphras, the man who is a prayer contender. Epaphras, the man who is a prison sharer. The three times that you find Ephaphras being mentioned in the New Testament, two of them you find in the letter of Paul to Colossians. And the other third time you find in the book of Philemon, the letter to Philemon, Philemon. Philemon. <clears throat> Paul often had this beautiful thing called acknowledgement. Paul never shied away from acknowledgement. If you read um, his epistle to Romans chapter 16, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, Colossians chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, Titus chapter 3, and Philemon. You know, in all these letters, Paul acknowledges some individuals who have made a significant contribution towards ministry or in his own life. Sometimes he even you know, praises some of the women who are leaders in the churches, in the leaders in their home, in the home churches, uh, you find in Romans, and you also find in the book of Colossians. All of these people contributed to the ministry of Paul. All of these people contributed to the life of Paul. And Paul never forgets to acknowledge them. These stories of these people, individual people that we find, as Paul mentions, and that's all we have. I mean, otherwise we'll have to go back to church history. We may not find too much of history of these individuals as well. 
So what we have in the New Testament given to us in, 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 in uh, small nugget sizes, that's all we find about them. And that is good enough for us. But about Ephaphras, uh, we find at least three different sightings uh, uh, that we can say, citations. This much we know about Ephaphras is this. He was a Gentile convert who came to the Lord through the ministry of Apostle Paul while he was a minister in, in Asia, in Ephesus. Ephaphras went back to his city called Colossae and he established a church in Colossae. But he didn't stop there. He went further than that. He established a church in Laodicea. He also established a church in Hierapolis. Because Paul mentions all these three cities in, his, in this letter. So we can possibly understand that Paul and Ephesus has established churches in all these three cities. And he comes back to Paul while he's in the prison. And again, going back to my first sermon on the first Sunday of this month, we exactly may not pinpoint as to which prison ministry Paul is right now. He could be in Rome, most probably, or he could be in any other place where he was in prison for a time period. And Ephesus went back to him with the good report of the church. At the same time, some concerns that he had. And Paul writes a letter, sends it through Brother Tychicus. And that's the letter that you have uh, in our hands. So, where are the three places that we find Paul mentions uh, Ephesus? Let's go uh, to the first passage. Colossians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. 7 and 8. Paul says, um, Just as you have learned it from Ephesus, our beloved fellow servant, he's a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Ephaphras, the gospel contender. What does the it stands there for? Ningal avanilinu padichu. Ningal avanilinu padichu. Endu padichu? Suvishesham padichu. You heard the gospel from Ephaphras. You heard the gospel from Ephaphras. Ephaphras is a quintessential man who is willing to go and proclaim the gospel, preach the gospel, present the gospel. Paul says, and that gospel is bearing fruit. That gospel is bearing fruit. Because you heard the gospel, your faith is growing in Jesus Christ. You heard the gospel, your love for the saints is growing. You heard the gospel, your hope is growing. All byproducts of the gospel. So we say, Shetan Falangla, in the Ningra Vishwasa Vartichundrikia, Ningra Sneham Vartichundrikia, Ningra Pratyasha Vartichundrikia. And you are bearing fruit, just as this gospel is bearing fruit all over the world. It's bearing fruit all over the world. Ephaphras, the man of God, whom Paul says, a faithful minister of Christ, a faithful minister of Christ. That's what exactly Paul calls him. A fellow servant. Your fellow servant, Paulus, Tychicus. These are the only two people who call them as fellow servants. We are together in this. Even though he comes from a different background, we are together in this. You have been entrusted the gospel and you have taken the gospel to the cities and we are fellow sharers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, fellow servants of the cross. What a great joy to see such people, isn't it? Who have this great passion for the gospel. You know, we all have been praying for Pastor John Thomas and Daisy Andy. We all know that she's going through a fourth stage cancer and she has shared her testimony several times here. One of the desires lately when the doctors diagnosed her with four-stage cancer and saying that it's been very aggressive and it's spread to other parts of her body, other organs, 
She has been on some uh, new drugs or a new treatment plans, experimental treatment plans. But one of the desires she shared is over the prayer line, Palabrashan Dhan Paranyu. I want to go back to India once more. I want to stand on the street and proclaim Jesus Christ. The Lord enabled them to go last month and they sent us back some videos of them standing literally on the busy street, the busy road and proclaiming. Pastor is preaching, she's Pastor is preaching the message and she's just not translating but just is repeating the same message over so that it comes forth in a double force to the people who are hearing and you know last week they called us and they said in 14 places in 14 places they were able to go and publicly share the gospel church would we give a glory to God and, and thanks to God we may tend to think that in the midst of COVID everything is shut off everything is closed but they say people have a longing to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Public sharing of the gospel. Ephraim took the gospel, didn't keep it for himself. He went out, he started sharing the gospel, and a church is established in the city of Colossae. Paul never went there. Paul never went there. Paul need not go there because there was someone found to be faithful to go with the gospel, to proclaim the gospel. A faithful man, a faithful man. Church, that's the challenge of Ephraim to us this morning. Are we faithfully discharging what has been entrusted to us? Gospel is what has been entrusted to us. Nothing else. Ephraim proclaimed, he preached, he demonstrated church. He demonstrated. Actually, for some, for some of us, you know, we may not be proclaimers. We are very caught. And I'm also saying, there were times when I was very passionate to preach. But then, you know, over a period of time, you begin to say that I, I need to model my life. Maybe I need to live my life. And exactly that's what Paul is saying here. You know, the word in verse 7, he says, Just as you believe us at Colossae, you have learned the gospel from Ephraim. Learn the gospel from Ephraim. It's a beautiful word that is used there in the Greek, manthano, which means you have understood the gospel. You have been instructed in the gospel. You have, you have, you know, he took you on a study, a journey, a practice, an experience of the gospel. The noun of that word is methetes, from where you get the word disciple, disciple. In other words, I can paraphrase it like this. Ephaphras, a faithful servant of God, who modeled, who modeled gospel, who discipled you in gospel. Who discipled you in gospel. So we say that in English, Sishyan Maraki Kolwaranda, or will you have a shamarkundarno? Ephaphras. Church, if you read, if you read, Matthew's gospel chapter 28 was 18 to 20 in the great commission that Jesus gave he told exactly the same thing go into all the world and preach the gospel and make make disciples make disciples not church members make disciples of who of all nations and the disciples ought to be baptized in the name of the Father Son and the Holy Spirit 
Therefore, I often told during the time of baptism that in baptism, there is a mark of a disciple. The mark of a disciple. That you say that from this day onwards, I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. That is the beginning step of being a disciple. That you want to say, I belong to Jesus Christ. I want to follow sincerely Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He, he really modeled gospel. You know, gospel, I mean, this is beauty. This is the beauty of Paul. Paul always, uh, if you read uh, Romans, if you read many of his epistles, even Ephesians and all, I mean, I've shared this before also. Paul always brings a gospel and then he says, now what shall we leave? How shall we leave with the gospel? And he will give you a practical you know, message of how to leave the gospel. Gospel 101. <laughs> so when Paul is saying, Ephaphras, model for you the gospel reality. Model for you the gospel reality. What he's saying? He gave you, his very life became an example before you. His life became an example for you. Church, yeah, many of us may not be, no, we are not voracious, or we, we cannot be good eloquently speaking the gospel, but you all can, we all can live a gospel legacy. We can all leave a gospel legacy. I don't know. But it's okay. Can we leave the gospel? In our workplace, in school, in colleges, can we leave the gospel? That's exactly what Paul said in Colossians chapter 3. If you have been raised with Jesus Christ. Yes, Mola, thank you, Arya. Yes. Out of the mouths of babes and children, you have ordained praise, isn't it? Glory be to God. Chapter 3 verse 1 Paul says, If you have been raised with Jesus Christ, if you have been raised with Jesus Christ, what shall you do? Hmm? You are seated on the heavenly places. Think about these things. Where Christ is seated. In other words, when gospel enters our life, it changes our perspective. No more we are thinking worldly. We are thinking heavenly. We are thinking what is heavenly. Amen. And then Paul goes on to say, you know, what would a gospel life look like? He says, put to death, church. Put to death that which is earthly in you. Eh? You should put to death. Mortify. Cut it off. Kill it. Paul says sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. You are walking in this. The wrath of God is coming upon you. You are walking in these things. Then be done with what? Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk. The list goes on. That's living the gospel. That's living the gospel. Suvisheshem jivikiya. Paul, thank you very much. For speaking to the church at Colossae because we still need it in this century as a gospel reality. We still need it. Ephaphras is not only a person who is modeling the gospel as a fellow servant who is teaching others what to leave a gospel reality. Ephaphras, the other passage that you find about Ephaphras is in Colossians 4 verse 12. Paul says Ephaphras is a prayer warrior. He's a prayer contender. Prathikinar Manishanare. Ephaphras, Colossians chapter 4 verse 12. Ephaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you. Always 
is struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Wow, the other quality of Epaphras that we find, he was a prayer contender, prayer contender. Church, this morning as I'm standing here, we deeply grieve the loss of a dear beloved sister in the body of Christ, Dr. Susan George. Many of you know her. Many of you have been involved in the Boston prayer line. Many of our members have joined the Boston prayer line and prayed. I'll tell you honestly, that woman in her short life, has touched so many lives. God gave her that desire. The idea was birthed to start a prayer line, which went on to become one of the largest prayer line among the Malayali Pentecostal community, the diaspora community in this nation. But it was not just in America, but the whole of the world. People have been joining from India, from the Middle East, from Australia, from London, and they've been blessed by the prayer line. Constant, 24. When it started off, it started off like say, you know, maybe a couple of hours a day. Then it went to several days. Then it went to 24-7 now. 24-7 for the last 15 plus years. And yesterday, Anita was sharing with me. She was watching one of her interview on the TV. And she said that she never planned anything in any way. When the, especially during the conferences. And one of the unique things about this prayer conference was that they always had baptism in their prayer conference. Because people are hearing the gospel message through many ways, through preaching of pastors, through the prayer. And many people who are living in many parts of this nation who do not have any church close by, they are coming to the prayer conference and they are getting baptized there. Yesterday she went to be with the Lord battling cancer. At our community has truly lost a prayer warrior. Think about Ephaphras. And as I started thinking about it, I started praying, Lord, we need to, we need to find many other Susan Georges to rise up in our churches. We need many other Ephaphrases to rise up in our churches. But the Globi and Mary are here. They have been sharing last Monday with us, especially with Pastor Prakash, in a new church plan that we are planning to do in Frisco. And they started sharing about a prayer, a continuous chain prayer that has been ongoing in the first AG church in Bangalore. Initially, it started off with a few days, but now it's been more than, what, 1,400 days? 1,700 days now. 1,700 days. Can we believe that, church? Can we believe that? How many years that is? Every day there is prayer going on in the church. Every day. No wonder the church is growing in size. No wonder the Lord is bringing many to the kingdom of God. Adding the souls. Why? There are, there are families. There are people who are willing to contend in prayer. Strive in prayer. Ephaphras was such a man. He has seen Paul praying. Because every time Paul is writing these letters, he's saying, I'm thankful to God. I'm praying for the believers. He's seen Paul. He has modeled that prayer in his own life. And Paul is saying, yes, we got to hear some beautiful testimony about your church. But can I tell you, this man of God, he's contending for you. He's on his knees. He's praying for you. 
back in the 80s, uh, when we were living in Nambala, dad was in the Air Force, so we got to, every year there will be sports meet of the, for the, for the Air Force uh, teams. The Southern Air, Southern Air Command would come together, they would have sports meet, and we'd love to go. And we would love to go and see many of the sports being played. Soccer was one of the great, um, and we had one John Sir, who was also a referee in the team, and he would come to our house and he would spend time in prayer and all. But uh, my, my biggest, uh, the love for the sport was one was boxing. Even though I, I, didn't, I don't want to fight, but I loved boxing. The other that I really got attracted was a bodybuilding, bodybuilders. I would see these bodybuilders come and flex their muscles. All oily bodies. And I, as a small boy, you know, in my, in my uh, teen years, I would watch them. I say, I didn't even know this many muscles existed in my body. But then I realized, man, I'm not made for that. I cannot do it. Because this demands what? Rigorous discipline. This demands hours spent in the gym, hours of practice. This doesn't come automatic to them. This doesn't come automatic to them. Ephaphras is that kind of a man. He's not building his body muscles, but he's building spiritual muscles in prayer. He's building spiritual muscles in prayer. That's what exactly he's doing. Amen. The word that is used is agonid somai, which means to fight, to strive, to struggle, to engage in a battle, to exert. The moment we think about that, my mind went to Jacob, who was fighting the Lord near the river Jabok, near the river Jabok. And you know what? He was striving not when he didn't have anything. He was striving when he had everything. I went with one stick to the other side, but now I become two company. And he's fighting. You must bless me. Why? The fear is there. The fear is there. He understands the prophecy that was told. Even though he got the, all the blessings, he asserted all the blessings from his father. He also heard the blessing that was given to Esau. When you shall become strong, you shall overthrow the yoke of your brother. He understands the prophecy. He understands the blessing of his father. So he needs protection all around him. He is willing to contend whole night. And the Lord said, let me go, let me go, let me go. Church. If not bodybuilding, can we, can we build some muscles in prayer? I'm telling you honestly, this month I've been really challenged by Ephaphras. I said, how can you do this? You're not doing justice to me. Sometimes we tend to see some examples in the Bible and say, man, you are you, I am me. The Holy Spirit in my mind, no. Here's a man who is contending in prayer. Standing in the gap, interceding church. I'll tell you honestly. We want to see the church grow in faith, the church grow in love, the church grow in hope. You know, we ought to, we ought to, we ought to, we ought to, including me, I'm saying we ought to be contending. We ought to be contending, struggling. And you know what? His prayer was not just a mere meaningless prayer. What Paul is saying, he's praying for you that you may stand mature. Thank you, Brother Freddie, for teaching me that word, how to pronounce mature. I always used to say mature. But that is British, okay? Mature. 
We may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. They must become mature in the Lord, mature in the Lord. In other words, Ephraim is praying, Lord, my people, they must become perfect. They must become complete. They must become expert. They must become full grown. Full grown. They must become adults. Our Valaranam. In the Deus of Alkar in the Janam, Valaranam. They should become mature. Hallelujah. Oh, it's a beautiful word that is used there. This morning church, can we pray, Lord, I want that our church, our families should become more mature in you. Because only, as I was sharing in the beginning, only when we have that mature faith, we will be able to understand. Yes, Lord, I understand these experiences of life. I can be under open heaven one day. I can be crying on the cross the next day. But it's okay. It's okay. Because my faith is a mature faith. My faith is a mature faith. And Paul, he prays. Not only he's praying for a maturity, he's also saying fully assured in all the will of God. Standing in the center of God's will. Church, an assurance of who I am and whose I am. Never be wavering. Paul had that assurance. I know whom I have believed. I know where I'm going. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my race. I kept my faith. And a crown is awaiting me. That's assurance. Can I ask you, this morning, right now, how many of us are assured that I will be in heaven right now? That's assurance. We may think, oh man, I did bad yesterday. So I cannot be there. That's our understanding. No, he did everything for us on the cross. That's my assurance. Not because of my righteousness, but because all he has done for me on the cross of Calvary. That's my assurance. Thirdly, he's willing. He's a prison sharer. Philemon 23. Could you come with me to Philemon 23? Philemon I'm going to close here, don't worry. Ah. Ephaphras is a fellow prisoner with Paul. A fellow prisoner with Paul. I told you, both these letters, Colossians and Philemon, both are sent to the church at Colossae. This one is a personal letter to Philemon, who is an elder in the church. And there in that letter, Paul is actually uh, sending a recommendation letter for his uh, son, Onesiphorus, whom he was able to bring to the Lord in the prison. And he's writing a, a recommendation letter for him. But even in the end, he's saying, Ephaphras, my fellow prisoner. Now I began to start to research, when did he become a fellow prisoner with Paul? Was he also put under the same charge that Paul had? Historians and church fathers think that Ephaphras went to meet Paul and he wanted to serve Paul in the prison and they could only allow him if he was willing to be in the prison with Paul and he said yes I'm willing to be in the prison with Paul what a man Ephaphras is if today we are supposed to do something of that nature we would shrink away isn't it 
We will shrink away because our community is always a community who is overachievers. We don't want to be associating with anybody who has fallen and anybody who has failed and who is not doing it good. Forget about prison. You know, just don't take the literal word prison but anyone in that kind of a scenario we would always move away from them. We want to be associated ourselves with whom? Some of the achievers in the society, isn't it? If I could, I would pride myself in that. I could take a selfie with them and post it on my social media handle. Hey, guess with whom I was today. But here is a man who is willing to go and be with Paul in his prison, church. Prison. Let that sink in our heart and mind. Where is he willing to be? He's a fellow prisoner with Apostle Paul. In other words, he is willing to risk himself for the sake of Jesus Christ and for the sake of his fellow servant, Paul. He speaks to all of us. He speaks to all of us. Jesus in Gospel of Matthew chapter 9 when you read one of the complaints against Jesus was this your, your master your master he moves with the tax collectors he sits with them, he eats with them, he dines with them he goes around with them that was one of the complaints of Jesus and Jesus said it's true my friends are the tax collectors what shall I do and he gave them his message the healthy don't need the doctors. It is a sick. Just get this message. I came to seek the lost. Church, this morning, Ephraim is challenging you and me. It can be any kind of prison. It can be any kind of prison. And can we go and just be with them and say, want to be with you, just want to stand with you in solidarity. Rather than disassociating ourselves from them, we are willing to embrace and say, I'm willing to. Because I heard about Ephraim. He's a man who's willing to risk everything that he has so that he can become a fellow prisoner with Paul in the jail. Lord, Ephraim is not an exception. There are others also in the scripture about whom Paul says, they are my fellow prisoners. Luke, he often spoke, he spoke about Demas very, very lovingly in one passage, but then he said, Demas could not handle it anymore. He loved the world and he has deserted me. In 2 Timothy, Paul says, many have deserted me, but the Lord is on my side. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything we can do to continue equipping you in your pursuit to be like Jesus, then please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our website at metrochurch.us. Also, if you found today's message to be inspiring and informative, then please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on this podcast platform or on our website. Again, thank you for joining us. We are so grateful for you. Have a great week and God bless you and your family.